This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one it's transfer tips for game week 12. So I'm going to go through some of the popular players being moved in and out of our squads and talk about whether they are a good move or not, plus possible replacements as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and let's jump into it. So I'm going to begin with Destiny Doggy, but really this is just a good chance to talk about Spurs in general because I said on yesterday's video, if anything big happens between Spurs versus Chelsea, I'll cover it in the rest of the videos this week. And just about anything that could happen, happened in that game. It was super entertaining, loads of drama, best match I've watched all season. And we will get onto that stuff from an FPL point of view in a minute. But I probably should start with Game Week 11 in general. What a ridiculous week. There have been game weeks in the past where, you know, lots of matches have been called off for weather or whatever it might be, and you're hoping that you get lucky that your players play and there's low scoring weeks and stuff like that. But I don't remember a game week where there were so many good fixtures, every match was on, most of us easily had 11 players out as well, and some of the scores are just absolutely insane. I saw a team on Twitter this morning, triple captain Haaland, bearing in mind obviously he played Bournemouth at home, and they finished on 14 points total, right? As who runs FPL Black Box, I've known for a long time. If you haven't already checked out that channel, make sure you go and subscribe on YouTube. He went into last night's game with 12 points and three Spurs players, Madison, San, and Udogi, and he ended up on 11 points. Right, That is just what a ridiculous week it was. And I know it's easy for me to say because I got a green arrow, had Cole Palmer, etc. But you have to laugh at game weeks like that because although there probably won't be such a stupid week the rest of the season there will be low scoring weeks where everything goes against you and if you don't laugh about it you will not stay sane over 38 game weeks so just write this week off and look ahead to game week 12 where your team probably looks better so that's game week 11 out of the way let's talk about the spurs match last night uh, madison went off with an injury although i don't think it was that bad i think Ange postacoli just cho uh, chose to make that change because he was making another change he didn't really seem that worried about it after the match but obviously there were lots of questions about the red cards and var and stuff like that so we will hear from him again before the weekend but i wouldn't panic too much about madison right now udogi got sent off for two yellow cards he was probably a bit lucky not to get a straight red early on but he's only going to miss one game so that's game week 12 wolves away romero 
got a red card. There's no way that's going to get overturned. So he's going to miss three matches. So Wolves away, Villa at home, and Man City away. They're going to be without Romero. And uh, Mickey van der Ven also went off with an injury. Looked like his hamstring went. Now, it's hard to, especially when you're not a doctor and stuff like that, but it's hard to judge how bad an injury is just by the way they walk off. Because you remember Van Dyke walked off after the Pickford um, tackle, and then he ended up being out for ages. But van der Ven looked in a lot of pain like when he went off. So I don't expect him back anytime soon, not for the next three or four game weeks. And that is big for Spurs. They're going to be without their two main centre-backs for three matches, their main left-back for one. Usually when a player gets injured, I think we exaggerate how bad that is for a team. Like we always expect like if one defender misses out, all of a sudden that defence becomes awful. Generally that doesn't happen. But missing Romero and Van der Ven is huge for Spurs. They don't have a, a lot of backup in the centre-back area so that is a worry if i've got a spurs defender i'm not keen on playing them many weeks coming up so wolves away this week probably still okay ish if you've got someone like poro uh, but i think for doggy i'd probably be looking to sell him he's going to miss this game week anyway i think villa at home is a tricky game for a clean sheet man city away is definitely hard uh west ham at home game week 15 maybe you get one there but i don't think it's I don't know. I think it's an okay fixture, but I don't think there's a huge chance of a clean sheet in that game. Newcastle at home in 16 is tough as well. And then it's Forest away in 17 where you might get a clean sheet. But again, it's another away fixture. So I just don't think right now it's the it's the time to hold on to Spurs defenders. One, because of the injuries. Two, because of the suspensions. And three, just because of the fixtures they've got. Maybe if you have Pedro Porro, because of how attacking he is, you could just bench him in some of these tougher fixtures and hold on to him. I don't really have a huge issue with that. But any other Spurs player you own probably has to be sold. And I think if you get rid of Udogi and then later on want a Spurs defender, you're probably just going to buy Pedro Porro if you've got the money instead. Because although Spurs lost 4-1, a lot of that was down to the two red cards and the fact that Postacoglu kept on with that high line. But up for the first, oh sorry, for the first kind of like 15, 20 minutes, Spurs were the much better team and Pedro Porro was super attacking again. So he is the one you want. So I could see why people might want to hold on to him. But I do worry about Spurs defence over the next few weeks. And we need to hear from Postacoglu to find out how long Van der Ven might be out for. Because they do play this high line. And one of the reasons it works so well is because of his recovery pace. And they just don't have another player in that team to kind of cover that so i think it's a bit worrying so spurs defenders can probably go in terms of who you should look to bring in i was having a look on fantasy football hub at their fixture analyzer make sure you check that out if you haven't already links in the description below this is just one of the tools they've got there's plenty of others as well so i put it down to game weeks 12 to 16 and changed it to clean sheets obviously man city right at the top because their defense is so good but i just don't think it's worth bringing their players in like chelsea away liverpool at home spurs at home Man City will probably win all of those games, but I think they will concede in at least two of them. And I just don't think there's enough upside with Man City defenders to worry about the headaches of whether players are going to start or not. Like, Kyle Walker is playing a lot, but I just don't think I'd want him over other defenders from other teams. Arsenal, uh, Burnley at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home, Luton away, Villa away. Villa away is tough in 16. Brentford away in 13 is not great either. But three of the fixtures outside of those two... Are pretty decent so Saliba would be my number one target I think for 5.2 million obviously Gabriel's an option but I think Saliba's just that little bit more nailed on if you've got the extra cash Brighton fixtures are good but I don't know if I'd want to go for one of their defenders outside of SGP now so let's wait for an update I'm going to talk about Newcastle players in a minute because obviously Dan Burns picked up an injury as well 
Uh, Man United defenders, possibly. It depends how often you need to play them, right? If you get someone like Maguire and you can bench in most games, and yes, I'm serious about Maguire, by the way. You've got Luton at home this week. Everton away in 13 is okay, although I'm not expecting a clean sheet then. And then Bournemouth at home in 16. So there are a couple of fixtures along the way where you could play them. I think Crystal Palace is the one to really look at in the short term because they got Everton at home this week, Luton away in 13, and Bournemouth at home in 15. And then in game week 14, it's West Ham away. So if you had to play one of their defenders over the next four weeks, that w- really wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, Mitchell went up in price last night, so he's now 4.6 million, the same price as Gay. I think when they're the same price, I do prefer Gay. I just think he's got a bit more um, goal threat from set pieces, and Mitchell isn't super attacking. I know he's just scored a goal, but that's not going to happen that often. So while they're the same price, I prefer Gay. But if you've got, obviously, Mitchell at 4.5, fair enough. I wouldn't go the extra for Anderson, because after the next four games, the fixtures do get tricky um, for Crystal Palace. I can actually extend this a bit further. Um, for Crystal Palace after Bournemouth, it's Liverpool, Man City, Brighton and Chelsea. Don't really see too many clean sheets there. But in the short term, that is the team that I would target. So, yeah, I don't usually go into game weeks and how matches went and stuff like that. But there was so much going on in that Spurs versus Chelsea game. We had to talk about it a little bit. And game week 11 is crazy. We will not see another game week like that this season, right? There will be bad ones, for sure. But nothing like what just happened. The good news is... Even if you did bad in game week 11, your team probably looks good for game week 12. So like I said, don't panic just yet. Udogi can go. Romero can definitely go. Van der Ven can definitely go. Unless Postacoli says he's going to be back soon, but I find that very unlikely. Pedro Parry is the only one you could possibly keep. Um, but even that, I'm not expecting a huge amount of clean sheets. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's start off with Dan Byrne, who did go off with an injury against Arsenal at the weekend, and it does look like he's going to be out for a while. This is what Eddie Howe said yesterday. Uh, Unfortunately, Dan will be out for some time. It could be a couple of months. That's sort of a speculative answer. He landed on his spine. I think he's got a problem with the base of his spine. It is a big blow for us. He has been gigantic for us since he signed for a lot of different reasons. His character, his determination, his experience, and versatility too – So it's not just one position we are losing. So he's alluding to the fact that although he mostly plays left back, 
He can also play left centre-back. So for someone like Lascelles right now, no Dan Byrne, out for a couple of months. Uh, Botman is out as well. His minutes look pretty good. It would be nice to get a time frame on Botman because if that's also months, then Lascelles looks pretty nailed right up until kind of January onwards. But I guess until we know more about Botman, we can't be completely sure about that. So there's still some risk with Lascelles. And you should think about that around blank game week 18, which I'll come on to in a minute. But overall, in the short term, he does look pretty good, especially for 4 million. With Dan Byrne, he has to go sooner rather than later if he's going to be out for a couple of months. Um, the usual caveat supply, like if you've got three good defenders this week and you want to make an attacking transfer instead, that's perfectly fine. You can deal with Dan Byrne late. You can just bench him for now. Uh, but if you were going to play him against Bournemouth and you've got a weak bench, then he probably needs to be transferred out. And I've just spoken about replacements when I talk through Destiny Doggy. So I won't go through that again. I want to talk more about the Newcastle defence in general. I would have them down when everyone is fit as a top five defence, maybe even top three. But their usual back four, Trippier, Cher, Botman and Byrne are now missing two players. And Trippier, whose obviously preferred position is right back, might also now play left back as well. So I don't think, even with those injuries... The Newcastle defence, when they've got good fixtures, becomes awful, right? If they've got Bournemouth away and Fulham at home and I've got Cher or Trippier, I'm not really panicking. But I do think it would be natural to think that the defence has become a little bit weaker. So if you are unsure about them, maybe this is the tipping point to kind of not bring one of their defenders back in or something like that. Especially with the fixtures they've got on paper, right? Chelsea at home, Man United at home, Everton away and Spurs away, 13-16. to 16. We know how good that defence can be. They could definitely pick up clean sheets. But all of a sudden, you're worrying a little bit more than maybe you were before this news. In terms of who could fill in for Dan Byrne, the natural option would be Lewis Hall, right? He was brought in, I'm pretty sure, as a backup left back. I know he can play in midfield as well. But I think for Newcastle, it's mostly going to be left back that he's used. But when Dan Byrne went off against Arsenal, it was Liveramento that came on. He played right back and Trippier moved to left back. So that probably dents Trippier's appeal a little bit if that continues. But also it would make Liveramento a potential exciting differential for quite a cheap price. Now I'll talk about him in a second. Uh, there's a lot to go through in Newcastle. They are playing Champions League tonight on Tuesday. So we will get an idea of how Eddie Howe is going to set up. And if it is Liveramento right back and Trippier left back, that would be encouraging moving forward. Maybe not so much for Trippier. I don't think he becomes a bad option overnight, but he would be slightly worse. But it does make Liveramento an option. This is what Eddie Howe said about him. Uh, Timo is a very good player. He showed that coming into a difficult moment on Saturday. That game was evenly poised and the atmosphere was red hot. He was playing against a very good opponent and has come on and done very well again. He will make decisions on... Uh, sorry, we will make team... Uh, sorry, let me get this right. We will make decisions on team selection based on all the information we have. So he's not giving anything away... But I think a lot of Newcastle fans would probably agree that Liveramento is higher in the pecking order right now than Lewis Hall. So I do potentially like him as an option because he's only 4.3 million. We know from seeing him at Southampton he can be very attacking. But there has to be some risk there over his minutes because he had that big injury and he hasn't played consistent minutes for quite a while now. So is he going to be able to play on the weekend, Champions League, weekend, Champions League, etc.? I'm not... It's not that I'm not sure. I just don't know. And that has to be my honest answer. So I think for 4.3 million, if he got a run in the team and played the next six, seven game weeks, he's a really exciting option that I would consider. But there is some risk there. And the reason that I would really think about this is because if you've already used your wild card, 
We have a blank game week coming in 18 where Brentford and Man City are going to miss out. Now, it's easy to say, well, I'll just sell those players. But they've both teams have got pretty good fixtures before and after the blank. So lots of people are going to have in Burmo and Harland on their bench, which means you need the bench players to be playing that week. Now, Newcastle have a good fixture looting away. But if Lewis Hall plays left back and Trippier plays right back and Liveramento doesn't play, suddenly you're down a player, right? If LaSalle doesn't keep his place because Botman is back, and he, he's an issue as well. So I'm not trying to put people off going for Liveramento and Lascelles. Lascelles in particular, I'm quite keen on because he's only 4 million and I think Botman will be out for a while. But you do need to think about this game week if you've already used your wild card because it's all well and good saying I'll get them in now and then just get rid of them later. But then the transfers start piling up. You don't know what other injuries are going uh, to occur as well. There's just lots to think about. And I just think because in the short term... The fixtures for Newcastle aren't great. I'm probably just going to avoid them until we get closer to when the fixtures turn and that blank game. We can just get another assessment of who's playing regular minutes and how long players like Botman are going to be out for. Because when Newcastle's fixtures get good, 17 Fulham at home, 18 Luton away, 19 Forest at home, some other defences also get good as well, like Chelsea's fixtures, for example, turn. So if we get there... And Botman's back and Lascelles isn't an option. Maybe we look at a different team. Maybe we just bring Botman in instead. I just feel like the fixtures aren't good enough in the short term to warrant not waiting for that extra information. So yeah, more injuries. Dan Burn out. We don't know how long Botman's out for, but Burn has to go. Liveramento might be the next best option at Newcastle because he's a lot cheaper than someone like Trippier. I think he's an exciting differential. I just don't know how assured we can be about his minutes. All right, let's discuss Eddie and Ketia because Arsenal's next four fixtures look really nice for an attacker. They got Burnley at home in game week 12, Brentford away in 13, Wolves at home in 14, and Luton away in game week 15. So if he starts all of those games for 5.7 million, he's a really nice cheap differential pick for FPL. And I do generally like him as an option when Jesus is injured because he does seem to be first choice backup for that number nine position. He's had nine starts in the first 11 game weeks so far. That all sounds really good, but let's talk about some of the risks and other things to think about. One of which is we don't know how long Gabriel Jesus is out for. Mikel Arteta hasn't given us a time frame yet. And there is that international break between game weeks 12 and 13, so two weeks recovery time. But also, Brazil have called Gabriel Jesus up to their squad for that break. Now, that might not mean anything. It might be that Arsenal tell Brazil that he's not available and they just replace him for someone else or maybe Jesus isn't as bad as we think and there is a possibility that he could play or at least be part of that squad during the international break in which case you're probably not getting to that Wolves and Luton game in game weeks 14 or 15 anyway and this transfer is too short term so we are going to hear from Arteta ahead of the Champions League and ahead of the game week 12 deadline so if you can do not make an early transfer for Nketia. The obvious thing to talk about as well is he would block a different Arsenal player in your team. Now, for some people, that might not matter. But for me, I've got Gabriel and Saka already. So if I get Nketiah, I then can't get double Arsenal defence. And with the next four fixtures, yes, they look very good for an attacker, but they also look really good for a defender as well. And there's lots of other attacking options from other teams. I don't necessarily feel like outside of Nketiah being nailed on for four to five game weeks... I've got Saka. I'm not looking to add Odegaard. I probably don't want Martinelli. Jesus is obviously out at the moment. And when he comes back, maybe he'll be managed a little bit as well. I think double defence looks really nice at the moment. So I'm conscious of not 
blocking that option, basically. I'm not saying that Gabriel, Saka, and Nketiah is bad, not by any means, but I do really like Saliba as an option, and there's lots of other attacking picks that I can make. Not necessarily around the 5.7 million price mark for forwards. There's actually a lack of options there, but I don't know if I want to bring Nketiah in, block Saliba, knowing that when Jesus is back, I've then got to use another transfer to take Nketiah out. So on paper, it looks really obvious just to go for him when he's that price, there are other things to think about. And the other thing is, is he 100% nailed to start every single game when Jesus is injured? So far, it looks really good. And I would kind of bet on him starting the majority of games, but could have it start number nine in one of these matches, possibly. I don't think that's a huge concern for me. More, I'm more worried about blocking that third Arsenal player and Jesus coming back sooner than we think. But it is just another thing to add to the mix. So I don't by any means think that Nketiah is a bad option, but I would not be moving early. I'd want to hear from Arteta just in case he gives us some information. And I think with the next four fixtures, they do look great. And Burnley at home is brilliant. We've just seen him get a hat-trick against Sheffield United. But I feel like you've really, you really want to get that Luton game as well. If you get Brentford away and Wolves at home for someone who plays for Arsenal less than 6 million, that's still very good. But I do feel like you want that fourth game. So let's wait for an update. Don't move early. Even if Jesus is out, I still don't think it's a guarantee that I will buy him just because there's so many other things to think about. And I could go for Edouard, for example, from Crystal Palace and get Saliba in my defense. So just think about how you want to set your team up over the next few weeks. And also bear in mind, like I spoke about with Newcastle players, is Nketiah going to last all the way until game week 18? Probably not. That is a blank game week. So if he's a transfer in now, he's also probably a transfer out as well which might not be an issue if he gets enough points for that price, but just consider that as well when you're making future plans. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. So no player has had more transfers in this week than Doku and Man City. And I've got to be honest, I'm not a big fan of this transfer at all. I know that the fixtures for Man City aren't as bad as they look on paper. Chelsea away, Liverpool at home and Spurs at home are the next three. We've spoken about the defensive issues at Spurs. Chelsea and Liverpool aren't exactly watertight. But they're obviously not as good as Bournemouth at home, where he just got that big score. But more importantly, you cannot guarantee which games he's going to start in. And that is just a bit of a headache moving forward. And he's 6.6 million. 
So for a Man City attacker, that's potentially a really nice price. But there's lots of midfielders from other teams in and around that price that aren't going to give you the headache that he does. And to be fair, he has had quite a few starts. I think he's been available for nine games and he started six times, right? So two thirds of all matches. Is that good enough moving forward though? I don't think it is. And I think it's almost guaranteed that Grealish is going to start at least one, if not two of these games against tougher opposition, right? He played... 86 minutes against Man United away, uh, 90 against Newcastle back in game week two. And he hasn't had a huge amount of minutes, but more recently he has played a bit more for City and he's looked good as well. So I think he starts at least one, if not two, of Chelsea away, Liverpool at home and Spurs at home. And because of that, you cannot guarantee that Docker is going to play. I mean, they could both play and Foden could miss out, but this is just this constant headache you have with Man City players. Harlem went fit, great. Alvarez getting regular minutes, again, taking up a forward spot, has been a really nice option this season. But we are stacked in midfield with options we can choose from, from FPL. And I just don't get this one at all. So over 200,000 managers have brought him in. It's not surprising, right? He scored 22 points in game week 11. Fair play if you had him. Absolutely great differential, especially in a week where lots of people didn't even get 22 points. But going forward, just not for me. And also bear in mind, not only have you got the worry over starts he's also going to blank in game week 18 and we are going to have to if you're not free hitting that week or you're not wild carding in game week 19 you are going to have to carry some man city players through that week but i'm just not sure he's good enough to warrant doing that so speaking of 6.5 million midfielders let's talk about Mohamed kudus at west ham one goal one assist against brentford in game week 11 back-to-back -back league starts he played 90 minutes in both of those games as well so there are definitely encouraging signs he's a brilliant player only 0.6% overall ownership, so massive differential. And the next five fixtures overall look pretty decent for West Ham. they got Forest at home this week, then it's Burnley away and Palace at home. That's the next three. Spurs away in 15, a bit trickier. And then Fulham away in game week 16. So overall, not bad. I guess the key question is, is he absolutely nailed to start? I don't think we can yet put him in the same bracket as Jared Bowen he is someone you never worry about he's going to start every single game and probably play 90 minutes pretty much every single time as well but David Moyes has integrated Kuda slowly right he didn't get a league start until game week 10 and I think he now probably has established himself as part of that best first 11 so I think he's going to start more often than not but I'm not sure I'm prepared to sit here and tell you that he's going to start every single game like will he start five of the next six Probably, right? I think David Moyes is going to want him in that team. And therefore, he's definitely someone to consider. But as always for FPL, you've got to look at who else you could have in that midfield spot in and around the same price. So if we look at all midfielders for 6.9 million or below, like Sterling, you're probably not going to go for him right now um, because of Chelsea's fixtures, but soon he could be an option. But I don't think that's an issue, right? Right now, I'd rather have Kudus. Diaby looks good for this week, but I think most people that own him are going to start to look to sell him soon. I think Burmo's the one, right? For 6.8 million, just 0.3 million more, you've got guaranteed starts, guaranteed penalties until Tony is back as well, and no Europe either. And yes, Liverpool away and Arsenal at home are tough next two games, but after that, it gets really good. So I think if you had like, like a lot of people have got Salah and Son, if you already had in Burma and you got another spot for Kudus, fair enough. But if you're taking that in Burmo spot, I'm not sure long-term that's worth it. For the next two weeks, it could work out. But then you're booking in another transfer later to get in Burmo in. Obviously, Man United players were not interested in. Richarlison's not guaranteed to start. A docker we just spoke about. And then you're down to the like 
you know, Matoma, Ansu Fati. Ansu Fati's not guaranteed to start. Matoma's someone that I own. And I think for this week, Sheffield United at home is better than Forest at home. But uh, sorry, yeah, the Forest at home. But after that, for Brighton, it's Forest away, Chelsea away, Brentford at home, Burnley at home. So the fixtures are okay, but they're not amazing. So overall, I think I forgot his name. Kudas stacks up pretty well against most 6.5 million ish midfielders, apart from maybe in Burma. I mean, Eze is another one to consider as well. He's only 6.1 million, so that actually saves you a bit of money. And we think he's probably first choice penalty taker. And as I already discussed with the defenders, Crystal Palace's next four fixtures are pretty good. And I guess if you had to hold him through Liverpool at home, Man City away, Brighton at home, it's not great. But we are coming into a period where there's a lot of fixtures and he's pretty much guaranteed to start every game and play 90 minutes and take all set pieces. So it wouldn't be the end of the world if you had to carry Eze through. So I like I like Kudus as a differential. He's not really in my plans, if I'm honest, but that's just because I want to go for different players. I don't think he's fully nailed on, but I do think he's going to start the majority. I think he stacks up well against a lot of players. He's brilliant. Right, I had him in um, World Cup Fantasy at one point. He did me really well there. So I am keen to get him in. And I think if you want to get him in, you should, right? Because the, the short-term fixtures are good. I just think there's still a couple of other midfielders in and around that price that I would prefer. But let me know in the comments below, in terms of top three, top five cheap-ish midfielders, where does Kudas come for you? Let me know in the comments below. If you enjoyed that video, give it a like, hit that subscribe button, rate five stars if you're listening on podcast. And if you haven't yet checked out Fantasy Football Hub, there are links in the description below. Otherwise, I'll catch you tomorrow for team selection. Sports Social Podcast Network.